Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome to After Work Drinks, your weekly dose of news, pop culture, and Pinot Noir, brought to you by magazine editors and best friends, Isabel Truman and Grace O'Neill. Who are very sadly separated again. I know. I feel depressed. <laughs> I feel depressed and I also <laughs> For just... many like, reasons, yeah. I just like hate our technical difficulties. Every single week, you guys have no idea what goes on behind the scenes. I know, it's just insane. Izzy's microphone just wouldn't work. She had on this wild headset... That made her look like some sort of call center employee. <laughs> My computer was like buzzing as if it was about to explode. I <laughs> Everything's just crazy. Got this headset from, it's so funny, in ta- Target in the US, you go on the website and it has so much stuff. Like it literally has anything you could ever want. And then you go into the store and it's just like this barren wasteland with nothing in it. And the only microphone they had was like this plastic looking <laughs> headset. So I just bought it. And then my normal mic wasn't working, so I put it on, and it was literally felt like, I don't know, a plastic bottle. <laughs> it looks like a toy. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like a toy, so I think, fuck, that that's gone. Yes. Never again. Um, shall we talk about Rome a little bit? Yeah. I feel like Rome was pretty amazing. I feel like that was like a very nice time in my life. And we also did um, fun touristy things, how we went to the Colosseum, and I knew nothing about the Colosseum. Even, I feel like no one will know, or maybe it's just us, that they, when they built it, they built it on that lake so that they could use the soft ground, but then when it was being built, they just had like rogue boat wars on the lake. Yeah, that was the coolest part of the whole thing. So I feel like we've jumped straight into it, but we were basically in Rome for a fashion 
And then we had like some downtime afterwards and we went to the Coliseum and we did, we, we were like accosted by hundreds of strange men outside. Mm-hmm. It was like the most overwhelming thing ever. It was so stressful. And then someone was like trying to sell water and we really wanted water because we were so thirsty, but we were like, no, get away. We were like sweating and thirsting. We were like, no, no. And then this man came over and calmly explained that we could skip the massive queue if we just followed him. And we were like, oh, what's the worst that can happen? And we ended up with the most hectic cool tour guide ever Mm. had like amazing like leathery italian skin and like was wearing cool flared jeans i just loved her same we loved her and yeah she she showed us we were like the most enraptured people in that tour group i feel like no one else cared and she showed us this like plastic laminated piece of paper that showed us how they used to have those hectic boat wars in the coliseum and we were like wow i know and and no one else was paying any attention and then um it, it literally sounded like I, I was literally like, "This is where the woman from the Hunger Games got the idea for her book." Yeah, hundred percent. They used to just make people fight like lions and. But then, how the trapdoors all the trapdoors underneath, and they would open a trapdoor and then just push a lion up the trapdoor, so it would just surprise the gladiators from behind. And then every time that they had the lions and the giraffes and all the elephants and stuff in there, they would create it so it was like this big forest, and then they would change it the next day for a different event i was like this is sounds fun if people weren't dying and animals weren't dying. i know and me i went when they were talking about it i was like this actually would have been pretty hectic in like one ad or whatever this was like the year one um and then they were like women like couldn't come (laughs) or if they did they had to stand on like the fucking 17th floor with the slaves with all the slaves yeah it's so crazy and then i was like i know we're like oh less fun for us and then what else do we do? We oh, we went to some really good vintage stores. I love yeah. the pants that I got. I try. I wore them yesterday. I tried on my suit again, and I was like, "This just looked better in an Italian vintage shop. Like it looks fine, but it was just the thrill of trying something on that fit me." I think. Mm. So I was like, "Where am I going in a heavy woolen suit? Somewhere eventually." Yeah, mine are, mine are great for freezing London, which it is now getting dark at five p.m. on the yeah. Dot. We had amazing, we like turned into a bowl of cacio e pepe, mm. which means cheese and pepper. Pasta. Actually, I don't think it does. Cheese and pepper. What does it mean? What's cacio? I feel like it must mean cheese and pepper because that's all it is. I know. I'm so, yeah. so obsessed with that pasta. But you would just never make it at home because it's so unhealthy. Yeah, it just doesn't feel unhealthy in Italy, in Italy for some reason. God, so yum. Um, did you see the funniest story of the week? Um, that Lady Gaga's Golden Globes dress is being sold off at auction by a hotel maid. Yeah, this is possibly the roguest story of all time. Every single part of it's amazing. I feel like it could be a TV show. Same. So this maid who worked at the Beverly, the Beverly Hilton, which also I'm like now everyone knows we're all I mean I guess it wouldn't have been that hard to find out but everyone knows where the celebrities have stayed for the past 24 years for the Golden Globes because she's auctioning off the dress true because yeah. she wrote a letter and she said in, in the letter when she gave it to the auction house or whatever she was like I've worked at the Beverly Hilton for and I've worked the Golden Globes for the past 24 years um this year after the awards I was cleaning a room and found this big Valentino haute couture dress that Lady Gaga had worn that night and so she took it to the hotel's lost and found this 
it's like the biggest dress to ever be created. It's so it's so giant. Actually, I have a quick aside on that, which is that when I was reading the story, it said that Valentino created it to look like the dress that Judy Garland wore in A Star Is Born, the original. And I watched that on the plane back from Rome. Does it look similar? Yeah. I didn't it's know really cute. I cried so much in it. And I was like, when I got off the plane and was getting my suitcase, I was like, what did I do for my birthday last year? And I was like, oh, my God, I saw A Star Is Born. What? In the movies. That's so weird. That is really weird. And I watched the old one exactly one year to the day later, just coincidentally. Now you have to watch A Star Is Born every birthday for the rest of your life. I have to watch the 70s one with Barbara Streisand next yeah. year. Um, anyway, back to the story. Yeah. yeah, and then so she took it to the hotels lost and found mm. and they left it there for the, I don't know, the legal amount of time that you leave them. And then they gave it to her because, like, finders keepers. Was it just sitting in a box? Like, I don't understand. What do yeah. they mean? It was sitting there for I ages. I feel like it must have been. And then she said that, so in her letter she wrote, and then the hotel gave it to me as a gift from Lady Gaga. And then Valentino saw it, saw it on auction and went to the police and reported it stolen because he had le- loaned it to Lady Gaga for the event. He hadn't given it to her and he thought that someone had stolen it from her. And then it turns out that Lady Gaga had just been like, oh, just have it to the maid. Okay, I have so many questions. I have like 11 questions. Mm-hmm. How – the Golden Glaze happened in February – so this is a wild amount of time for lots of people to not give a shit about a dress of that magnitude. So I like a Valentino couture dress is like a serious situation. Like they're not just schlepping those out left, right, and center. Like oh, keep it as long as you want. It's not like some little handbag. Like it's wild that either she wasn't like, where the fuck is the dress, or that they weren't like, where is the dress? That the assistant like, how do you leave? A gown of that magnitude it's like giant like it stands up on its own in that room which you had only checked into to attend the golden globes like that's one of three things you would have had to remember to take with you so i'm like it seems like an assistant has messed up but even then this is so long for no one to know and why didn't valentino call lady gaga before they went to the police i'm just so confused about every single thing about this i feel like lady gaga what I thought was that Lady Gaga was just like, I can't be bothered transporting this or whatever, and then just left it. And but then... is she that blasé? Like, I know that she's Lady Gaga and has lots of gowns, but and that gown is more famous than the one she wore to the Oscars, I think. Yeah, and she accepted That's one of the a... most iconic dresses of all time. She accepted an award. It's a beautiful dress. When I was re-looking at it, I was like, wow. The blue one she wore with the blue hair. Like, it was a major when it happened. I just... And then doing my head in. Um, and I also think Valentino wouldn't have hit her up after the Golden Globes because he would have just been like, "Oh, she's kept the dress, and it's like so iconic, and it's just kind of hers now." There is a th- there is a thing, as far as I'm aware, that if you win, you win in your dress, you keep the dress. That's the like. Yeah, sister. and she won best. What she won best song. song. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So. Maybe that was the sister. Maybe he thought, oh, she won, so she's keeping it. And she thought, oh, I'll leave it here <laughs> for them to collect it. I don't know. Yeah. But then. Great celebrity story. I know. And then also, though, like, 
the woman wrote in her note that Lady Gaga had gifted it to her. So the hotel obviously managed to get in touch with Lady Gaga because the auction's still going. So if she was lying and Lady Gaga had no idea, it would have been taken down by now after Valentino went to the police. So it sounds like once they got in touch with her and they were like, a maid found this and handed it into Lost and Found, she tried to be cute and was like, oh, you can just keep it. And it's like, what is a maid going to do with a, what is anyone going to do with a dress like that in their house? Apart from sell it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just so awkward. I just feel awkward about it. It is awkward. I feel awkward too. <laughs> a star is indeed born and it's the maid. <laughs> yeah. I was like, why would you not wear that on Halloween? You got it back like a week before Halloween. I know. But she's like a maid. Like she, That's probably a seven years of her salary selling that dress. Yeah. I don't have any Halloween parties to go to at all. I have zero friends. You live in a house with like... 48 people how do celebrities have so many halloween parties to go to they have like 54 outfit changes it's just america america i loved oh that was one thing i wanted to talk about did you see how that girl nina dobrev who i just constantly appears on my radar and i still have no fucking idea who she is i got a smoothie Um, beside her in hollywood and i didn't know who she was did you yeah and then my friend was like that's some vampire girl i was like phoebe tongan Uh, she was like no the other one i was like got it got it up on google Vampire girl, she dressed her, her and her friend dressed as the Chanel gate crusher and Gigi Hadid. The best, the best thing ever. Great, great costume. So good. What would you dress yeah. as if you had a party to go to? This is so de- depressing. I know. No, oh. I, I, okay, I'm gonna be like such a Debbie Downer right now, but I saw Rush posted a thing the other day where they were like, every single year, seven million Halloween costumes go into landfill. Did you know that? Oh my god. Which makes sense when you think about it. But they were like, here are 10 cool Halloween outfit ideas that you can just do with stuff you already have. One year I went as um, Sporty Spice. <laughs> Very I can easy. see that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I just wore basically what I'm wearing right now. I was going to say, what did you even change? <laughs> Put on like fearless sneakers. Yeah, I feel like okay. Stormy Webster really won Halloween. But how fucking funny is it to dress someone up, dress your child up as yourself? It's very Kardashian. Like, I'm kind of into it. Like, remember that Kardashian dressed as herself from three years earlier for Halloween? No. (laughs) Yes, she wore her, like, that crazy Met Gala outfit with all the florals. Why is that so funny? It's so funny. Like, I kind of love it. Like, their narcissism is, is kind of, it's almost like performance art. It's like this extra level of wild... Ness. Um, what we could have gone as if we were together is the book smart girls. Oh, yeah, that's cute. That's real cute. They had a cute reunion at the Governor's Awards. Did they? I just love, yeah. I feel like that group, Saoirse Ronan, Beanie Feldstein, Caitlin Dever, Timothy Chamelay, we're just watching the future. Yeah, it is the future, isn't it? It's like what how people must have felt when they saw like Jacqueline Phoenix and Liv Tyler and Leo and all those people, Kate Winslet. So mm. Cher and um, Timothy did a really cute cover on Entertainment Weekly and I was weirdly on my Instagram Explore feed and an Instagram TV, like whatever the fuck that thing is, came up and I clicked on it and <laughs> they were just doing the cutest interview and talking about how they're always in movies together and how it's... Um, Little women, because she was like, their characters are basically on top of each other 24-7. So you have to be with someone you like. Mm. So cute. We need to read Little Women. 
I know. It's like it's like a gap. It's like a gap in my cultural knowledge. I'm so confused as to why I haven't read it. Same. I also loved that movie. With was it Kira Knightley in it? Yeah, you think you're Pride and Prejudice? Oh. <laughs> Fucking love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie too. Love a good period drama. Same. I could watch them all day. Same. I feel like we've never talked about that. I know, random. We watched a great period drama in Rome, Gladiator. Oh my god. We went to the Coliseum <laughs> and then we were like, let's go home and watch Gladiator with pizza. I just couldn't even be bothered watching that. So much happened, but it was still somehow boring. Something happened every two seconds, but I was like, oh. Why was it so boring? I don't know. But I'm not getting that into succession. Yeah, I haven't watched more episodes. I feel like this is something that we're just going to pretend that we like but just can't really get into. Yeah, and Tom was more into it than me and then he watched ahead of me, so now I'm like, oh, confused. I want to watch it. I feel like we'll hit a we'll hit a peak, but we just have to obsessively watch it. Yeah, I think I'm three episodes in and I was like, oh, I just thought the guy was going to die, but he hasn't. All right. Um... Yeah, well, I guess that, that's a costume idea, just going as yourself. Yeah, but I like, I thought the Stormy Webster thing was really cute. Yeah, she's so cute. She's a cute baby. Um, did you see how Kanye, did you see how Kanye's Christian now? kind of thought he was creating his own religion or something. <laughs> <laughs> but he used to sing all those songs like Jesus Walks, and he was like, I'm a Christian, I don't care, sue me. Yeah, but now he's gone... The paraphrasing it. But now he's gone full. So he is telling Kim she can't wear sexy outfits, which is very annoying because didn't he go into her wardrobe and throw all her shit out and replace everything? So it's like, you did this. And then... And do you know who you married, mate? Like... Yeah. And it's... Don't tell someone how they can or can't dress. That's so infuriating and weird that he thought that was okay. Yeah. And then he's telling North that she can't wear makeup, which I think is, I actually, this kind of happened to a friend of mine who was babysitting a 10 year old girl and she wanted to wear, she wanted to put on lipstick to a family lunch and she put on lipstick and went to the family lunch and everyone was so weird, really, really weird about it. I think I would be weird about that. Really? Yeah. I think that's a bit off. But she just wants to, like, that's just how she's expressing herself. And she's just having fun with lipstick. I feel like that's fine, like, at home. Like, if you just, like, get your mum's makeup and are doing it. I feel like going to a family lunch with lipstick on when you're 10 is, like, quite rogue. Oh. I just saw it as she's having fun and playing around and expressing herself. And it's us that make it a sexual, older thing. I guess, like, in my head, I'm envisioning, like, a 10-year-old girl with, like, a red lip on at a lunch. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I think if she had some, weird, like, child, childlike purple lipstick yeah, all over her pur- face. Yeah, she had purple and lipstick. But I feel like if it, was, if it, like, was a childlike thing where it was a kid who'd done it, that's, like, fine. But I just, the child, you're emulating, like, a very adult behavior. You know? Yeah. I... I don't know. It gives me bad vibes. Like, I just feel like we have we have this society that, like, sexualizes children in this weird way. Like, I, I read that book about Jackson, and she talked about how, 
like no one will know if whether or not he was sexually abused as a child but like we do this thing to child stars where we like sexualize them in this weird way like like we get them to dress and act and talk and sing songs like adults and we find it fascinating culturally but it's like it's weird Mm. and I kind of now I feel like I see that everywhere like I just see like that's okay this is so random but like the yodeling Walmart kid (laughs) yes you remember him? This, yeah. The lyrics to that song are weird. Like, it's about being a sugar daddy or having a sugar... Like, it's a real adult sexual song. And I feel like subconsciously that's part of the reason we loved that video because it was this weird thing seeing a little person sing an adult grown-up song. Like, if he was singing, like, heads, shoulders, knees and toes, everyone would be like, what is this weird kid doing in Walmart? Like, yeah. get him out of there. Yeah. And that's a bit of a tangent. But, yeah, I like, I find North wearing crop tops and having her hair all put, like, I find it a bit weird. I find that weird. I, I just I just kind of, I don't know, if – I find it weird if she's – because obviously with the Kardashians it's a little bit different to my friend's – like, the kid that my friend was looking after because the kid that my friend is looking after is just really kind of – fun and eccentric and she wears like she'll put on a cape and wear it to the supermarket and like run around on her scooter and she's young and fun and just wants to wear a purple lip not because she's seen anyone else around her wearing it she just thinks it looks cool she's kind of she's a very arty young kid and then I feel like the way that adults are perceiving her putting lipstick on is putting all this weird stuff onto her shoulders that she'd never even thought of like they're being like oh now you're sexualizing yourself and they and oh, is there a boy that you're trying to impress? And suddenly she's like, mm-hmm. what? So I can't put on lipstick because I find it fun. And, it, like, I don't know. I find yeah that side of things funny because we're looking at her and being, like, putting all of our weird stuff on it and, and being like, oh, there must be a boy you're trying to impress or, oh, you're trying to grow up before your time and, oh, she's going mm-hmm. to be a difficult teenager. And, and she's just like, what the fuck? I just like this color of this thing on my face. It's just fun. But then with North, I feel like it's a little bit different because yeah, obviously true. her, she's surrounded by a lot of fakeness or a lot of kind of like that's just LA in general. And it's also just like you're not like a child isn't an autonomous being. Like you don't have freedom of expression as a child because you're a child. Like you haven't figured out how the world works yet. So like there's scope obviously to be able to experiment and whatnot. But I think like. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. If you were to say Northwest 
like she picked out a crop top and therefore it's her choice and whatever. It's like, no, like she's six. Like she needs to be told what to do for like mm. 12 more years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Until she figures it out. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's really easy to pass judgment when you haven't had kids and don't know what it's actually like. And I'm not talking about your friend. I'm just talking about the Kardashians. But I've always felt like the way they off. Like there was a whole, wasn't there that whole thing where, where she'd Photoshop North to look skinnier? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so it's like a before and after thing or, or them putting filters on the kids' faces mm. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like that is very off. Yeah. They always put filters, like they will, will always post photos with the Instagram filters that make the kids' faces look completely different. Yeah. Oh. Like that's, yeah, I don't like it. No, I totally get Kanye. I, get, I totally get the point where it's, if she's a young kid with, yeah, with the crop tops and going crazy on the makeup. But I also think she should be able to have fun and, ex- and like, if that's something that she finds, I don't know. I feel like there's, there's a middle ground to it. Yeah, I think if a kid's playing with makeup, they've got, like, lipstick up the side of their face and, like, wild, fucked-up blue eyeshadow and, like, they're having fun in a finger-painting kind of way. Like, if she's got, like, a beat face, like, you know how drag queens say that? Like, when you've got, like, perfectly done makeup. Oh, yeah. Perfectly done by someone else. Contoured. Yeah. I remember the first time, it was so funny, when we were covering the royal wedding and everyone was arriving and like three of us watched Drag Race and the other four didn't or something and we we're like oh my god Serena her face is beat that <laughs> everyone was like you guys are so fucking mean she looks beautiful I was like that's what we said <laughs> <laughs> so good um so good. um so we were both just reading a fashionista article about actually I had no idea that Kate Upton got famous because she did the Dougie did you yeah, I weirdly knew that. Yeah, she did that, like, teach me how to juggle your video and then went viral. What the it's, like, fuck? Extremely, it's extremely 2008 behavior. Like, I just don't think that could ever happen to anyone now. She went viral and became, like, a supermodel. Literally. I want to find that dance. video. It's pretty cute. Like, when you watch it, you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're, you're a little cutie. <laughs> um, yeah. But this article on Fashionista, and it's all about um, – the in-betweeners and kind of how now the fashion industry is skewed is trying to skew so much into inclusivity and um diversity but it's kind of skipping any girls so but i feel like it's so funny because there's always been the plus size there's always been the plus size group and the normal model group sample size sample size group but there's never been anyone who's a size 8 to 10 or 10 to 12 it's always size 14 or size eight and below. And it's talking about the in-betweeners and how Kate Upton is like this rare exception where she fits into the middle of that, but that there's no other girls really apart from two other girls that they quoted in the story who can get work that size. Yeah. And even then it's like, they're as much, they're kind of more of an anomaly than the quote unquote plus size model. And they were saying that because, uh, plus size has become this kind of marketing phrase now. And this is where the whole question about being tokenistic comes in, that it's actually created even more restrictions for girls because you have girls who are a certain size who are going to shoots and being told you're way too small for this campaign. You need to go gain weight. So you have people who are either being told they have to lose 
obscene amounts of weight to fit in in between, which is probably where the majority of people people's BMIs lie in real life are weirdly the ones being completely neglected from the advertising. I just never thought of it like that before. I was like, it's so true. Like you have amazing, incredible, much needed body positive plus size campaigns, which are really essential. And then on the other end, we still have a very restrictive view in terms of sample size in fashion, which is like a very complicated issue. But the kind of quote unquote average or median weight is barely ever represented. I, I want to talk quickly actually about like the whole sample size thing because I think it's quite interesting and people don't really like get why it's such a thing. Mm. But basically like the the size thing in fashion is really difficult and the reason it's so difficult is you do have on one side an industry that is very obsessively focused on thinness um, and has been since the dawn of time um, but on the other hand, like the whole infrastructure of the industry is created around sample size. Like sample size is, it doesn't just refer to having thin models. Every single garment that is made for the runway show, which is like the huge marketing event for a brand, is made in the same generic size, sample size. That's what every single garment is made in. The whole collection is made that way. And then you have to find models that can fit the sample size clothing. And like that's an industry wide thing where they could choose to increase what the size of sample size is, but that's the way it is now. So what you have is the reason that models get very thin is because perhaps they have the right bust and waist size, but not the right hip size. And if they don't get the right hip size, they're not going to be able to walk in any shows. So they lose lots and lots of weight to lose an inch on their hips. And that ends up making the rest of them look very, very, very thin. Mm. And because it's like the sample size garment gets sent to the factory and gets scaled up or scaled down for the sizing the entire infrastructure of the fashion industry is based around this sizing model like millions billions of dollars worth of garments and how they're created and distributed in ateliers and factories and whatever so it's such a complicated problem to fix because it's not necessarily just models saying like casting directors or fashion brands saying i don't want anyone who's not super super thin it's like you'd have to create every single garment in a different size and different shape to cater every single model. So you'd have to know exactly which models you wanted to cast before you even started designing the collection. Or you'd have to say, we're going to just up the sample size by X amount. And then it'll still have to fit into yeah, that. But then, yeah, but then you'll still have a very, like, like specific measurements that yeah. models have to fit into either way. Like, it's very complicated. And to say you're going to pick the models first and then design the clothes for them is, like, a very, very difficult thing. Like, it needs to change. Like, it is this hugely homogenised view of beauty that is damaging to people. But, like, that's why it's changing so slowly is because it's it's more complicated, I think, than people give it credit for. Yeah, and it's, like, if they make two sample sizes of everything where it's, like, the generic sample size, like, make the generic sample size a little bit bigger and then make another sample size, then that costs millions of dollars. Yeah, that's why it's crazy. And there's this amazing brand called Eleven Honore, H-O-N-O-R-E. And they basically work with fashion brands and they say, we are going to pay the cost of sizing up all your garments. Like We're going to cover it. We're going to get the pattern cutters and we're going to get the thing and we're going to pay for all of the meals. Let us take the cost off your hands. Just give us your designs and your fabrics and your whatever and we'll create it for a 
bigger size market and they've been like massively successful. Like they're like a multi, multi, multi-million dollar company. Amazing brands work with them, like Michael Kors and Zach Posen and Brandon Maxwell and heaps of designer brands. Um, and like that's been an amazing shift in the right direction. But it just it's just like it's just taking a long time. Yeah. But, yeah. And Naomi Campbell talked recently about diversity and talking about how she was like the only black model on a runway of 70 girls for most of her career and how it's changing now. But then she made such a good Mm. point where she was like, it's changing now, but then a lot of it is tokenism and a lot of it's changing because people think that's what it needs to be to like fit the woke generation or just to tick the quota. And she was like, it's never going to, there's never going to be a real change unless people of color, women, all minority groups are actually hired into these companies and they're helping to make mm-hmm. the decisions. It's not like this group of white old men being like, oh, we should probably cast a plus size model and a black chick and maybe throw in someone. I don't know. Gender non-binary yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, that's a massive thing because it does feel like sometimes it's people and like you don't want to – I feel I feel like in two minds about this because part of me feels like if you're trying to do the right thing, even if you stumble along the way – you're trying to do the right thing, but and that should be applauded to a certain extent. Like it's better than sticking your heels in the sand and doing nothing and refusing to change. There's definitely a lot that feel tokenistic and feel um, insincere and feel like they're just trying to adapt to like what's marketable and hot right now. Because fashion is an industry that's trend based. You know what I mean? Like things come and go and something's fashionable one minute and people jump on it and something's fashionable the next minute and people jump on it and there is this genuine fear that inclusivity and diversity is going to go that way. But I I feel like this change is so monumental. The shift is so massive that I don't, I don't feel like that. You don't feel like what? That it's going to – it feels insane to say that inclusivity can go out of fashion i know but it's like a genuine fear because that's like like you like naomi campbell says it is still true that the majority of ceos of major fashion houses or creative directors of major fashion houses are white men people in power positions in the fashion industry are white in general so like that is obviously a massive concern i'm really hoping it really does feel like such a dramatic shift at the moment that it is just going to keep moving in the right direction but everyone just needs to be like hyper vigilant and keep pushing because we have made a lot of progress but nowhere near enough yeah agreed i think that that runway show that we went to in rome was one of the best cast of models i've ever seen yeah it was phenomenal like the world's because it was just amazing models. I think that I think there's a, a thing of you see shows or you see shoots or you see things sometimes where there's this very obvious awkward disparity where people are, are are put in where they look awkward or they don't suit the setting for the sake of a, a very awkward white view of what inclusivity is. Mm. Whereas they just did weren't all white. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just heaps of different models from heaps of different backgrounds and they were all top models who looked incredible yeah i'm obsessed with that louis vuitton model girl now 
Selena Forrest, yeah. yeah. She tried to get into our car as we were leaving the after party. I know. And I was like, get in, get in, get in, get in, get in. Get in, get in. She was like, oh, we're going to the same hotel suite. And her boyfriend was like, can you not? And tried to pull her away. I was like, no, you guys can both come. I'm like, be our friend. Yeah. So I read a really good piece in The Cut this week, which I sent you, which was with Emma Solkovitz, I am probably mispronouncing her name. I'm sorry. I've just looked all over YouTube and Google and can't find a pronunciation. Um, do you remember who she is? I do, but I, I remember like the general facts of her case, but not in huge detail. When was this? Basically, she um, went like viral, became this huge internet sensation she was a student at columbia university and she allegedly was sexually assaulted by a fellow student one night after a party and she took it to the college administrators and they basically did nothing about it he wasn't suspended nothing really happened and so she took to carrying around the mattress where the alleged assault happened everywhere she went with her for the rest of her degree so for like years she dragged this mattress everywhere and it was like a artist and viral and it was very much around the time that there was a lot of conversation I think around 2016 where there was a lot of conversation about how rampant sexual abuse on campus was in America and she became this kind of figurehead for it um and was, it was like a huge deal at the time she was on the cover mm. of Time magazine or something carrying the mattress and she's done things since then like she did an exhibition at the Whitney and stuff um and this piece in the cut is called did Elma did Emma Solkovitz get red pilled? Um, red pill was the name of a I documentary had to that, that came out. Yeah, it's so it's a reference to the Matrix, but it's this idea of people who like take a pill and become sympathetic to men's rights activists, basically. Um, so this whole piece in the cut was was addressing criticism against her that she's basically transformed into a alt right male sympathizing it's a fascinating story because I feel like this maybe isn't an interesting take but I feel like I left it not really knowing what to take away from it she Mm. kind of talks about how she became this feminist icon kind of unwittingly like she did this piece of performance art but she wasn't a very political person she didn't really consider herself a feminist she didn't consider herself a face of the feminist movement but she was passionate about this project about what happened to her and now she's kind of exploring talking to people with different political views and backgrounds and whatever to her become aligned with all of these people who are very much the opposite of her and who are kind of like conservative pro Carlson Tucker like not Trump supporters but like in that sphere mega conservative and she kind of tried to talk to the cut about why it's really important to talk to people who have different beliefs and new and values and stuff but Kind of like the Ellen DeGeneres thing. It kind of just fell a bit flat for me, what she was saying. I know. I don't know how you thought about it. I I know because basically what she's saying is she will go to all of these – she'll meet these people and instantly they write her off because they think that she's going to be – going to have completely different views to her because she's like she's known for being a feminist icon and for carrying the mattress around. She's called Mattress Girl. Um, and so they think that she's not, they're not going to have anything in common. And so I think what she likes is kind of shocking them by being able to speak to them and by being able to listen to their views. 
And I get that part of it, but then it also just kind of sounded like she was pandering to what they wanted to, I don't know, talk about without it really saying anything of her own. She was just sort of being like, no, nah, we can get along because, like, I don't care that much. Yeah, and I just felt like she didn't make – I was like, oh, this must, this is going to be such a fascinating read because I felt like it was going to be, like, amazing insights into what happens when you, like, broaden your scope and you start talking to people across the aisle and the amazing things that can happen. And, you know, I've come to agree with them on this and then I've come to make them agree with me on that. Like, none of that happened. Like, everything she said was very vague and it felt so one-sided because, you know, the things that she's – that's helped change their mind on things it was just all about yeah like, exactly she's just like oh they're not all I that met bad guys and they weren't that bad yeah and it's like yeah no, no one thinks they're that bad like <laughs> like obviously they're, they're humans who can go to work and have conversations with people yeah and be like flirtatious and interesting and affable and charismatic and go to a party with you and have a drink with you and you can have a good time like I feel like no one's arguing that like the argument is can you sit and find common ground and like work to win people over to your cause through the art of conversation. Like, that's kind of what... Yeah, that's kind of what Alan said as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Very similar. It's so odd. It's odd. I just think it's really... I think it's interesting how we, like, lift these people up without knowing anything about them Mm. and give them this, like, crazy status without having any understanding of what they actually believe or that... It's similar to... um, Remember the anti-abortion rights people and then they just got the girl sorry what am I trying to think of remember and they got the girl Jane Doe yeah started entire abortion thing she was like I don't care I just want one she was like (laughs) yeah (laughs) and they're like you actually can't have one sorry but like like you're going to this you're the face of this whole movement and it about abortion rights and then she just didn't even care at all and then she went completely to the other side because she never cared at all yeah it's so true that's so funny it's exactly the same yeah so, you know, just be beware of false prophets or whatever they say. Yeah, I was like, what's the lesson going to be here? <laughs> I'm so jealous of you with your wine. I wish we were back at drinking wine and eating pasta together. Okay, I have to run. I have a dinner to get to. I'm very sorry, everyone. I love you all. <laughs> it's Grace's birthday dinner. I'm already going to look like it. It's my birthday dinner. I'm already going to look like an old hag because we've had so many technical difficulties. I've got like nine minutes to get ready, but, you know, we'll pull it out. We'll we did that out. in Rome. Yeah, so you're in your Qantas yeah. PJs. <laughs> Looking good. Yeah. There's a lot to change. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, please rate, review, and subscribe, everyone. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.